Welcome to the North Star Broadcast. I'm your host, Christine Bergstrom. I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist and breathwork facilitator with an immense love and passion for all things related to spirit, consciousness, and the path of the awakening. On this podcast, we'll be exploring all of this and more through sharing spiritually transformative, out-of-body, and near-death experiences. We will learn and grow together through inspiring conversation. Thank you for being here. Hello and welcome. My name is Christine Bergstrom. This is the North Star Broadcast. On today's show, we'll be speaking with Carlos Coltes, who had an incredible near-death experience. He would then experience a series of synchronistic events and even a vision of what may come in the future. He has an amazing story, and I encourage you to proceed with this show and really any future shows with an open heart and an open mind. Know that some of what is shared may challenge or shake your belief systems. Yet if you can proceed with that open mind and open heart, you just might be open to receive a gift, a message, a new way of being or thinking in the world that you weren't quite expecting. So just sit back and enjoy, and I thank you for being here. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today's guest is Carlos Coltes, and today he will be sharing an incredible near-death experience and some subsequent transcendental experiences. So, Carlos, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here today. And I'm pretty much just going to turn it over to you, and you can pick up at wherever you feel is relevant. Thank you, Christine. Um, really honored uh, to be here. Is uh, uh, it's not usual for uh, for me to um, uh, to get to tell uh, my story with with my own words, and uh, and and particularly you know uh, potentially reaching reaching uh, a lot of people in in your audience. I know you. Uh, you you do have a wonderful wonderful uh, work and uh, so hopefully um, um, yeah so uh, how to say this um, yeah so hopefully our our time together will be will be fruitful I'm I'm sure it will yeah uh-huh. so um where where do I start uh, you know I. I think it's important to to go all the way back to when I was a um, uh, when I was a, a small child, and and the reason is because it it, um, it sort of shows a continuity that that our life has. It's not uh, um, we do not experience uh, you know uh, events that are um, um, how to say it. Um, dislocated from from one another everything is in, interlocked um in our lives so um for me personally the uh, the, the main event that perhaps uh marked uh or or actually put me on 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 my spiritual path is um it started actually before i was born because my dad died three weeks before uh, my birth, 
So, uh, you know, when, when growing up, uh, as a small kid, I would ask uh, uh, my mom, you know, where, where is my dad and, and, and things like that, what happened to him, and, or where is he, you know? And I would, I would be told that uh, he was, you know, that he was a, a good man, he was very loving, uh, good family man, all that uh, stuff. But um, basically, he had died, and he was uh, in heaven with with God. And um, I realized this years later. I had this epiphany where I realized that uh, as a child, I didn't take no for an answer. You know, it's like, oh, okay, you know, in you know, in heaven with God, and, and where is that? You know, and uh, yeah, I, we gotta find that place. Um, we are we are blessed with this, um, with this mind that is not um, yet uh, so limited as to what is that we can do and we cannot do. So as a child, to me, it was like, well, if my dad is with God in heaven, let's let's go there, let's find heaven. And so I realized that that um, in the very back of my mind, in my subconscious mind, everything I've done in my life after uh, uh, after hearing these things, um, it was in in order to hopefully find them. Um, it, it's just incredible seeing that every single thought and um, hope and choice that I made all throughout my life in the back of my head was like maybe the, I'm gonna find a cure. Um, it, it was just unbelievable. So that put me on my spiritual path, right? Ever since I was a child, I wanted to know where was God and, and where was heaven. Um, and so when I was four or five years old, I remember. Uh, watching the movie uh, King of Kings in a, in a big black and white TV my grandparents had. And I was sitting by myself, by myself on, on my parents' bed watching the, uh, watching the movie. And, and uh, there is this, this scene that, oh, I felt so moved. Um, at, uh, when, when, when Jesus uh, speaks at the um, Mount of Olives, there was so much love coming off the screen, you know. Um, I, I I was just in awe of such so much beauty and so much love. And I remember thinking for myself, you know, when I grow up, I want to be like him, you know. I didn't want to be, uh, um, uh, you know, the president or a firefighter or an astronaut or a teacher. I wanted to be like him. Um, in, in truth, I, I never really had a, a, a career in mind. Um, I, there were many things I, I could have done. So there was no um, no goal for me to reach when I was um, when I was an adult. I guess I was I wanted to be as loving as as pure as I could. You know that was the goal for me. Um, and so the answer came many years later, the answer to that little prayer. And, and I remember, Christine, when I, I was sitting at, I'm sitting with you right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching this, uh, the, the movie on, on TV. And the moment I, I finished thinking, when I grow up, I want to be like him. I remember even now, I can feel, uh, to my mind, it was like sparkly bubbles up and down my spine and all over the body. And, Oh, it felt so so very good. Now I understand that was the answer. 
now I understand that was spirit, you know, um, illuminating that 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 wish in my heart, so it would become true one day, and as as it did. Um, so you know, many years later, um, I was in always uh, quite devoted in in in. Uh, uh, there was a time in my life in my let's say in my teenager years until my early 20s where I, I was not um, um, uh, religion or, or, or God, things like that were not in, in, in my mind. Um, but then I, I, I started to become really, um, uh, how to say this, dissatisfied, really dissatisfied with my life. And, and so I, I look for um for a venue for uh for this this heart of um devotion that i had there, there was so much devotion within me i couldn't find a um a place to to canalize that so i tried the catholic church didn't work i spoke to uh, uh priests in um um uh, what's called not the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, as well, you know, for for practices, for prayers. I I I wanted, you know, the the, the real meat of of things. I didn't want to just go to church, you know, on Sundays and then wait until next Sunday. What what happened in between those seven days? How do I live? You know. So um, that was uh. That was unsatisfactory as well. So until I found Buddhism, when I found Buddhism and I learned about bodhicitta or compassion as the as the vehicle towards which uh, we can achieve liberation, uh, enlightenment, it really spoke to me. I, it really felt like I was I was home. Uh, so I did practice that for quite some time. Uh, and I had many um, different mystical experiences as well, like Satori's and uh, I, I could have everything that I could read that was about um, mysticism and spirit and the light. I could I could just read it and I could understand it fairly fairly well and fairly quickly. Uh, whether it was uh, you know Jewish. Uh, uh, books like the Sohar or uh, the Kabbalah or uh, you know Don Juan, the Buddhist scriptures. I, I would put my hands everywhere, and I would actually have uh, certain experiences coming out of all these. Um, and again, having all, all these, I had you know I had started a family. I had a, I, I had moved. I, I grew up in Argentina. I was I moved to Canada after when I was twenty eight years old, and um, I had a career as a um, as a massage therapist, practicing senshatsu, reiki. I was quite um, successful in, in in my own small way, but you know whatever is I uh, that I did, it was. I, I could get really good results. Um, and still, I could find, I, I think that 
for a course in miracles, uh, people, this is very, very common, Christine. We there, there is a point in our lives when when we get so dissatisfied that we we just pray, we ask for a better way to live our life, right? Because we are tired, and I, I that's the point where I reach um, in my life where I I had the things that I uh, wanted to have in my life. Uh, and yet, you know, I was I was entirely unhappy, and and was unhappy with myself mainly because none of the things that I had done, my, my thinking wasn't working for me anymore. Everything that I tried to do in my life, whether it was with my marriage or uh, uh, family um, life, family of origin, uh, some friendships and so on, you know, nothing. Uh, nothing really worked there was pain or at least a tinge of pain everywhere it's like i could not escape it everything i did it would lead to pain one way or the other um and if it, if i could find or, or offer some comfort it was always shortly um or at least not not nothing permanent and so i reached a point where I asked for a better way, and that's when everything in my life started to just fall apart. It literally started to fall apart. Marriage, um, relationships. My, I was studying Reiki with my teacher. That relationship blew out out of the water. Um, uh, Career-wise, I, I was going downhill. Um, I was doing some work with with hospice at the time um, in in Toronto as a, as a volunteer, and I was very dissatisfied with that as well uh, because of, of all the suffering that I was seeing in you know in front of me. It's like uh, I could I could be of assistance, but I could not. I could not bring peace to those situations, so I could, yeah. So, so I was, I was in, in, in a tremendous deal of um, internal pain, the struggle, and I, I just, I, I literally surrendered everything. It was like I, if all my thoughts had led me to this point, I didn't want to think anymore. And it was like, at this point, I don't know if there is a God, there is no God. I I, I personally don't know. Everything I, I've lived all my life, based on what other people think, you know, based on other people's experiences and, and conclusions and, and so on, but nothing that was really mine, nothing that came out of my own experience. So I was living what I call now by hearsay, right? But what other people say and believe, I couldn't stand that anymore. So I just literally abandoned all thought, all thought. It, it just hurt to think. Okay, I can plan for myself. I I couldn't plan for myself. Plan for myself, and I was keenly aware of that. So it was um, uh, it was an excruciating mental uh, pain that I was that I was feeling. Um, there were there was something else. There there are so many things, so many um, details. Oh yeah, 
um, with regards to that. At the age thirty of thirty six, that was the first time I really, really um, uh, allowed myself to um, put myself in 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 my, in my father's shoes and what it would be like for him to go through what he went through. You know, my entire life I thought always about me. You know, the um, the lot that I got in my life. But what about him? So once I started to focus myself, once I shift the focus from myself onto the suffering of others, that when really things started to change for me. That was the first time I, I greeted my dad at the age 36, and it was the most beautiful day in my life. One of the most beautiful days in my life. Um, he just showed up. He showed up as a butterfly. And... Um, I was living out in, in, in Toronto. I had to run some errands and I would ride my bike downtown and that little butterfly was everywhere I go. Um, I would come inside the building, do, you know, um, uh, do my errands, whatever it was, come outside, get on my bike, look up, and there it was again. Right all the way from downtown to, uh, to my house and the butterfly was all over, you know, it was still there, like three hours later, it was still following me everywhere. Um, I lived on a, uh, where I lived, uh, we had a balcony on this third floor. I remember going up to the balcony and there was this, this butterfly, you know, right in front of me, right like three feet from my face. And it would barely, you know, beat the wind. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. All good. <laughs> um, the phone went fine. <laughs> um, so, uh, and, and the most impressive, one of the most impressive parts of this is that I'm, I'm thinking this, this butterfly and it starts to drift away and there was a cloud, completely cloudless sky and it just drifted away into the sky and just like dissolved on the on, on, on the sky it was so unbelievable and that was the first time that I, that I got to um cry you know let it out I let so much out um and so that that all all those things were preparing me you know the people that um uh I was a uh, that were clients uh, with the hospice, they were presenting similar um, similar messages. So um, there was a point where I had to move from where I was living with my wife, and I ended up couch surfing. And uh, a friend who um, hosted me for about three, four weeks. She had a, an extensive library, and we both love books. And she said, you know, uh, you can help yourself with any of these. Uh, just when you're finished, just put it back. That's, you know, that's all I'm, I'm going to ask of you. And so I picked up three books. And um, by, by this time, I didn't know, but I was already living by guidance. Um, in the way I learned how to live later on, um, by following the uh, tenets of A Course in Miracles, which is always by um, 
it's like if if you're told to go to a certain place, you go to a certain place, but you don't go looking for something. If you want or need something, it's gonna come to you. And I started to live like that, and that's how things started to um uh, to occur for me. So whenever I would be, if I were told, here are books, help yourself. That's an invitation, and so I would I would do that, but I would not out of my own volition think, oh, and I want to read those books because I had surrendered all that thought, right? So the I got three books. The one that um, inspired me the most was is called the Yeshua Letters, and it's a, a book written by John Mark Hammer, who um, is, is literally. It's the story of his of his own awakening in, and his encounters with with Jesus. Uh, in this uh, this book, I, I saw so many so many similarities between uh, John Mark and, and myself that um, uh, added the fact that in the foreword um, it says that you know that book is. Um, it's been written by by Jean Marc, but it's written for you, like for me. So, and he says you can you're gonna take a, a whole lot more out of this book if you um, if you understand that these these words are actually intended for you. That's the other invitation, right? And so I go like, hmm, okay. So I start reading, and uh, because I would, I would just abandon in all thought. Uh, what happens is that the now I understand it. We generate the world with our thinking. So once I stop thinking, the world slowly subsides. Subsides? Yeah. Um, so it, it, it kind of. Um, it's kind of like the world step back, steps back, and now I know I was under either a cocoon or a, or a vortex. Um, but at the time I didn't know it because I I had abandoned all concepts, so I was not conceptualizing any of my experience. Now I am in order to understand it, but at the time it was whatever it is, it is, and, and whatever it is was being more than perfect. So I started having this epiphany. And, and, and mystical experiences during the day. And then I come in the evening, have you know, supper with my friend, go read the book. And then as I read the book, I find the exact same experiences that I had earlier in the day in the book. So it's like, okay, this is, this is the real stuff. In my mind, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not making this up. You know, if I if I read this first and then I have the experience, it can that can be manufactured, right? The ego can can take um, uh, the ego mind can can take uh, credit for it and say, you know, oh look, Carlos, what what you accomplished, right? So in this in this way, um, we short circuited that, so it couldn't happen. And so I, I knew that these experiences, I knew they were real for me, but I had confirmation in reading the book. And so I would go one chapter a day. And uh, this thing keeps on, it kept on happening. Um, 
I was, because I had abandoned all thought, I was very um, meek, you you could say. Um, again, I was just, there, there were times during the day, like four, five, six times a day, where this, it was like a mantle of silence that would come over me, and I would just go inside and I don't know how long I would stay in that that state of peace, total complete peace. Um, and I started to be awakened at three o'clock in the morning on the dot, you know, like my my sleep, my rest was um just unbelievable. I would because my mind was empty. I would. When it was time for resting, I would go to bed, close my eyes, and I would go into this, like a zero point in my heart. And there, there is no world, there is no universe there. I, I could rest and be aware and awake during my rest. But I knew I was resting. It, it's unbelievable. Uh, um, and then when it's time to wake up, then that is when the thoughts start to arise in the mind, and that's where the world appears. <laughs> um, and I would, I would have dreams. For example, they were jokes. So I would wake up laughing. Um, and, and these jokes that I would dream were all were funny stuff. It was funny stuff, but it was also telling me about my own holiness, about how precious I am to God. Um, I, I think those two things are, 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 are essential, you know, feeling how, um, how dear I am to God, one thing, and, and reminded me of my holiness and my innocence, that those were the, the other points. Always, in every dream, and in every dream, I would wake up laughing. And, and you know, years later, I go back to the Course in Miracles, and you know, or if we go to the Course in Miracles now, uh, when we go to the section where it says, you know, how will the world end? And the world will end in laughter because it's a pain of pain, it's a pain, of, uh, it's a place of, of tears. Um, so it will end with the opposite as it started. You know, this the um the world arose out of the idea of death, of being different and separate from what I am. Um so the 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 human journey is is the one of, of, of going away from the light and then remembering the light. It's part of the creative process. Um we think of it as as a sin or as mistakes and and it's not a sin it's not a mistake um our lives here are not yes they are a dream but they do have a purpose and the purpose is the purpose of creation um but i i, I would discover this later on um back to 1998 uh, 99. Um, when I one of the times when I would wake up at three in the morning 
and 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 I would wake up at three in the morning and just um sit on um on the floor in sasen position and a meditation position and just rest there. There was nothing happening except these um changes and and, and feeling in, in inside these these mystical processes that um and one of them um it was very very clear to me i started to um play with my breathing and so there were times where i my breathing would slow down become very very subtle and then literally stop and then return you know very very subtle and literally stop now i now i understand that these are these are um uh, yogic practices they happen naturally um and they happen naturally when when i get out of my way it's just the way the way we are designed once the mind once i get out of my uh neurotic thoughts my neurotic thinking my natural mind literally and 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 on its own just sinks back into the heart and and that's when we get the heart and, and mind connection so i was at that heart and mind connection space and totally totally completely empty and one night was a little bit different i think this was probably the last night that this happened because i started to feel like a a, a, a I'm, I'm sitting on the floor, everything dark, and I, I, I feel this very tender tickle in, in, in my heart. You know, and it starts to grow and grow and grow, and it starts to grow into um, this warmth, this sense of compassion. It was like I was enveloped in this. Uh, it's an, it's like a, it's like a mantle. It's like an egg. It's like um, it's, it's it's complete comfort and understanding. And I I it had a, a, a very very strong feminine feminine quality to it. And and I I I just knew I could identify that as as uh, as Mother Mary. And and again I I want to be. I'm not religious. I'm not a religious person. Um, I knew I had ident identified that energy as the cosmic feminine or the divine feminine, but this energy wanted to, it wanted me to know that it was Mother Mary, it was not just any feminine or, or a, a general feminine, it was very, very, um, it had an identity of sorts. So I, you know, to my mind, with those feelings, I just didn't care about whether you know it had a, a an identity or a name to it or not. I just didn't. But it was the the um, this 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 love wanted me to put a name to it, and that's the name of Mary. Um, and you know, and so I have this. At this point, I'm I'm just enveloped in, in this sense of uh, of warmth and and, uh, uh, and and total complete comfort, 
and it's at that point that I started to see um, uh, very rapidly, very quickly, all the events in my life up until that point. But, you know, and this, and this is part of the teaching. Because we all have the, uh, uh, the, the exact near-death experience or any experience, the exact experience we need. And so this was the exact experience I needed. Um, and in, in my life, I'm seeing myself not as, not as Carlos growing up you know, in, in age, as, as the body was growing up, but I was always the child. I was always, the, this energy wanted to see, wanted me to see me how spirit would see me. Always as a child, always a child of God, not understanding, um, confused, angry, uh, all of that, but always, always, always as a child. So there was this motherly love and complete acceptance because it was, it was seen beyond the appearances into really into my heart. And so everything, every regret that I had, I, 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 I cried so many tears. It, it, they were just, I don't know how to express this, this flowing. It's not, it's not the word because yeah, they were flowing, but they were just falling um, out of my eyes. It was, and it was not crying. It was, the, those are, now I, those are tears of purification. So those are tears of recognition of how loved we, we really are, how precious we really are. You know, and, and of course we forget that, but I got to remember it. And so this is when things get a little confused for me because in, in terms of um, the linearity of the experience, because I know that certain things did happen. I can't exactly remember which happened when. Um, because after feeling this, I was in such a, enjoying such a sense of, of, of deep peace and comfort and, and gratitude and love that I, I started to see again my, my breath uh, slowing down and then stopping. And as it stops, I can feel that the heart also stops. I mean, we stop the, the brain activity and then the nervous system starts to quiet down and everything stops. Um, that, was, that was my experience at that moment. Um, that because there was no mental activity, then the mind could sink into the heart and in their all the, the whole transformation would uh, uh, would occur. So uh, I am feeling how my breath slows down, comes to a stop. My heart is the same thing. If, if the heartbeat becomes spaced out, I'm, I'm, I'm very weak. And then at one point it just stops. And so I could feel that there was no, um, because you, you can also hear it, the, the blood rushing through the, through the body, none of that. There was no activity on any of the internal organs that I could feel at all. 
and I think that's when I popped out of the body and I could see it and to me uh, you know you've seen the those uh, uh, garden Buddhas that people put on their on the on the lawn uh, well the body that was sitting it was exactly like that it was like a piece of rock sitting on the floor not dead not alive it was not me I had no thoughts no um, um emotional connection to the body um and so it is at this point okay and I'm not gonna try and, and and be um linear because I'm 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 gonna get lost. So I'm just gonna say it the way it comes out. Um so at that point everything stops. I'm seeing myself from uh from above and I am uh, I'm sort of like living the the, the um uh, the room, and suddenly I all I see is just the uh, uh, the planet, you know, gyrating, and I see bodies <laughs> coming out of it. And uh, right away, I understood that the the world doesn't go around. It's not love that makes the the world go around, but believe. It's not a very romantic idea we don't like to hear about that because we want to think that love is you know but this in in the, in our case is is belief that creates the world that we think we live in and so as i'm as i'm living the 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 planet and i'm i'm, I'm now way out in the in the cosmos and i see the planet gyrating i realize that the planet I'm living, the timeline I'm living is the one for 2012 and that because of our belief uh, and there is something to it uh, about the turn of the ages but what makes it happen is our belief so I knew at the time that this was a, a timeline of ascension because though the people that I could see coming out of the planet those were people that were uh, ascending individually and so I also understood that every time I heal you heal and, the time, and, and every time you heal I heal because our minds are joined um, and, so, and I also knew that this was a timeline of opportunity to liberate the mind from from, uh, from, from the illusions of, uh, of, of death because out of death, every every belief we have comes from death. Every single one of them. Uh, death is separation, is illness, is um, uh, increase, is decrease, is uh, time. Everything, everything we see in this in this realm comes from that idea of death. Um, so I'm, I I know this is. So I, I, I realized what this timeline and, and living is all about. Um, if I remember if I remember correctly, that that's where I 
enter this this space there is not a void because i could see stars like in the background like very very um um faintly but i can see stars in the background everything is very dark and i can start so i enter this space and i start feeling the um like a vibration and a hum that's very that have become very familiar uh, to me at the at the time because that that's how um, Jesus appears to me. He never appears as a body because he doesn't want to teach me I'm a body, right? So never appears as a body, always as light because he wants to remind me that I'm light, I'm not a body. And so it it starts as a vibration on a physical level. Um. I, I can feel it on the back of my head in at the base of the skull between my ears. That's when where, that's where the vibration starts, and and I just absolutely right away I know who it is. <laughs> it's a, a totally unmistakable, um, and so from from there it starts to grow. So in this in this case, I'm I'm totally of course I'm I'm disembodied, and um, at there the was okay there was a, a see how it comes there was a, a point where I remember feeling so much love that it, it was just overwhelming and I remember thinking wow all, is, is all this love you know for me and and the moment I thought that the totality of love it just literally swallowed me up and it just disappeared into this love. I think this, this happened right after um, um, in my encounter with Mother Mary. And I feel this love and then and then the, the and then the the, uh, the breath starts to slow down and so on. Um, that's when I after that I leave the body. I'm in the void, and that's when uh, Jesus appears again with, as as a vibration, and is uh, and it asked me because I I had I, I had thoughts of of, uh, of of suicide, uh, but I had decided against it. But yet, the, uh, at at this point where where Jesus appeared, he asked me that one question: you know, Do you really want to die? And you know, out of my heart, I didn't even think out of my heart. I just, I just said or thought, you know, I just want to go home. You know, it's like I'm tired. <laughs> I don't want to die. That's not. I don't believe in that stuff. I just want to go home. If there is such a thing, that's what I want. And um, and that's when suddenly I see this. Um, I see the light of. of of Jesus in the background, I see this huge arc, like um, uh, you know, like the, the arc of uh, the, the Triomphe in 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 France. Uh, it was huge and it was very very ornamented. Um, it was like golden in color and it had uh, crystals and pearls and uh, precious stones. It was very very. Um, Again, very elaborate and very impressive. 
And so Jesus is on the other side and, and he's inviting me to come to the other side of the of the ark. But I know that the ark is the ark of death. So, you know, it's like, well, yeah, you know, you're Jesus. I, you know, I'm not. So, you know, if I go through that ark, you know, I'm I'm finished. Um that's when that's when Jesus again, you know, come with me. And it's like the light intensified a little bit, and then I go like, okay, hold on a minute, you know. If you are on the other side and you're coming and you're communicating with me, that means that and I could see the light coming through the the, the portal. You know, so if you're on the other side and you're here and you're coming through the portal and you're okay, that means and the moment I thought that means I just I just shoot it <laughs> underneath this this portal. And the moment I'm I'm passing underneath the portal, I realize it's a thought. That death portal is just a thought. It has no consequence whatsoever. It's like the it's like any other thought. So it's in in itself is inert. I cannot be touched by thoughts. And that's when I realized that I'm actually an immortal soul. And the moment I, I realized that I just Christina just exploded in this most magnificent ecstatic. <laughs> there are absolutely no words to explain how it's like an explosion of, of, of cosmic lights. And it's, it's remembering that you are again who you are. Infinite, immortal. Ah, all powerful, innocent, connected to absolutely all there is, just pure light. Uh, and, and, and beauty is just it's an indescribable feeling. Um, and so I'm, I keep ascending. I'm saying ascending, but I, I keep moving. As I keep moving, I encounter a, like a barrier. It literally was, it felt like that. Um, like one of those, um, you know, when when you're on the road, you're about to cross a, um, uh, a railway, a rail, railway crossing, you know, the barrier that comes down, something like that came down. But, and, and immediately I knew that I either was going to take a new body or, uh, return to this one and right away um, and this is one of the beautiful things I, I remember now about spirit how consistent it is because um, right away it was like okay I don't want to I, I do want to come back to the same timeline because this is the ascension timeline so I can make very good use of it I had seen how Every every um, unwholesome thought that I have in my mind, every unloving thought I have, um, leaves uh, some sort of um, it's it's like the way on a ship as it uh, goes through through the ocean, and so it it. Uh, 
let's say that the fabric of 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 of, of reality is just one one you know one level line. When I think uh, an unloving thought, I create gravity, and another unloving thought, and more gravity, and and that's what that's what I saw the deeps and the valleys of the mind, right? So the mind is not modified by these thoughts at all. It doesn't change at all, but it's not natural, right? So as, as souls, what we want to do is out of compassion, keep everything exactly the way it is, which is perfect. And so that that's the, the, the work that I saw that I had to do, which is to bring all those thoughts, you know, back into balance. Um, through forgiveness. So, the first thing I have is I want to I want to go back to the same body. Uh, the second reason for that is because uh, by taking a, a a new body, a new dream body, um, I would have to start all over again. And the um, the psychological trauma that we go through in in childhood is not something I wanted to repeat. Uh, it's like you have this infinite mind and you start to bring it, you know, limits onto it. And you're saying, no, 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 no. It's, it's so unnatural that I wanted to avoid that. And so I said, that was the other reason. Um, so one is ascension and the other one is I can just disembody. I don't need to, I don't need to recreate this. Um, and so once I decided that I went straight into what I I would describe as a, a as a console in in front of me um, Star Trek type of thing and there I had the images I have everything is bright light and this is bright white lights and bright soft blue light like the color of your microphone but but lighter 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 than that um that that's the only contrast i could see that i can remember now but in there i had the what i call the skeleton for for my life the basic uh, uh blueprint was there uh, you know my age uh things things like that where I was born uh, the experiences I had and so on all that was useful so all I did it was I, because this is the time of ascension and each time I heal you heal as well I wanted to bring in as much as possible to heal now so we could all ascend um, into uh, what we call now a new earth. And so I, I added as much, as many challenges, as many lessons as I could. I just um, loaded this in. And this is a message for whoever is having troubles out there. You have done this. If, you, if you're wondering, whoa, here we go again. Sorry. <laughs> if you, <laughs> things go flying here. If you're wondering why can can we can I keep going? <laughs> okay. Um 
if you ever wonder why things are getting so difficult for you, if you wonder why you know the, your health is not getting any better, if you feel that you know so many there are so many losses in your family and and so on, um, is because probably you try to do the same thing I try to do or I'm doing now, which is to empty all the karma, all the karma out, out because it's, it's, it's illusory. And we are coming to see now more and more um, that, that the world is not as solid or as stable as it seemed to be. We have, um, we have the power of, um, that's the power of thought. We have the power of, of creating worlds, of creating universes. And this is what we are coming here to remember. So after, after I'm done with this, um, um, uh, with this process of, of preparing the, the, the blueprint, and to me is, uh, you know, I, I don't remember uh, planning uh, particular events. What I think that happens is that we bring in all the elements that we want to work with into this, uh, into this um, blueprint. And then it's like, like one of those shake and bakes you get at the, at the grocery store. You know, you put all the ingredients are in there. So you put all the ingredients that you want in there and then you shake it up a little bit. You put it in the oven, comes out as you like, <laughs> you know, that's that's the best way I have to put it. So we perhaps that's one of the reasons why we don't remember what our plan is. Um, but indeed, the, the, our, our, our soul or, or our um, Oversoul does remember those things, and that is the voice that is guiding us. Now, when we ask for uh, uh, for guidance, it's our own voice of the Oversoul because the Oversoul knows the plan exactly, and so it can it can um, it can lead us in 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 our life, so we can have a, a much better a much much better experience one that is actually a, a happy experience and, and not one of struggle uh we are also shifting the paradigm so in the paradigm before we had to do um you know we would earn uh, the bread with the sweat of our forehead not anymore darling now it's a different it's a it's a different paradigm now it's the feminine now we sit back and open to receive so everything that goes into, oh, I'm going to make this happen. No, it's not going to happen. It's, uh, or it's going to be more difficult. We're going to find resistance. If we try to do things, or if I try to do things the old way, the, the masculine way, so to speak. Um, so these are shifting to the feminine. And so I must shift into the feminine as well and be open to receive from spirit 24-7. So that's that's the the uh, that's the whole idea, and so once I I was done with the um with the blueprint, there was a um there was a being 
and and with this I, I want to be careful because when I say a being I don't mean some a being that is separate from me it's like you have only light and then lights that are brighter than the rest of the lights and that's that that's a being <laughs> and all beings are of course eternal and because all being is eternal, they all kind of superimpose on each other, you know, and here in the phys in physical life, uh, or in the physical, you know, if you have this occupying this space, you can only have this occupying the space. In non-physical life, you know, everything can occupy the same space, and that's actually what happens, right? So when I, when, when I want to talk to you, all I have to do is have a talk that I want to communicate with you. And because it's intended to you, you are going to have the same thought at the same time. Everybody else, all lights are going to receive the same thoughts, but they will know that, oh, this is not for me. So it will not register. Yeah? Not in a conscious manner. You will still register. You will still receive all communications from all of creation, but only that which is intended for you will come on, on your as a thought in your mind so this being who is identical with as me is one with me but distinct in the sense of uh seem to know everything about how to create the perfect plan for for your life and and, and be successful i mean you can uh, sorry scratch that as a soul, I am perfect. And so this is impossible for me to not be successful, for to create a life that is faulty or a plan that is uh, incomplete. It's absolutely impossible. It's just a matter of interpretation. So this, this being in seeing how much I have loaded <laughs> the, um, uh, the blueprint it, it communicated with me it said clearly you know, this is a this is a heavy load and i understood exactly what he was saying and i thought back thank you i remember it's not true and with that i just went into in in my mind i went into a separate area or i went into an area uh where everything was muffled. It was I was like in, in a cocoon and everything was muffled. The the, the lights weren't as bright. Um I was still me, but you know, I was like in in in, in suspense. I was holding it's like a holding area. And out of that I can feel um suddenly a, a pull. And what's pulling me down is uh, the fear of being abandoned uh, or, or being um, thoroughly alone, rather, and uh, entirely destitute, like being alone and having nothing. You know? and as I'm going down this tunnel, it's, like a, it's actually a vortex that is gyrating in both directions, and I see pictures, and these pictures are very bright and they're very loud. And these are all the scenes in my life that I was coming into. I, I, I started to see them all 
flashing and going around real quick. And the sound. Um, and the sound was, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in the, in the Niagara Falls or any other uh, um, falls like that. It's, it's really, really, really loud. Uh, and that's exactly what I was feeling. Um, and the, the, it is these two terrors that were pulling me, pulling my, my energy down. And that resulted in me just landing back on, on the body. Uh, it was like a thumb. You could actually hear it. Uh, I was in shock <laughs> because somehow I forgot what I intended to do. It caught me totally by surprise. Uh, but at the same time, I right away I realized I'm, I'm back here and there is zero I can do about it. So right away I, I accepted the situation and I, I continue resting as if nothing had happened. <laughs> now, now that I think back, it's like, wow, how did I do that? I, it was just like, hmm, okay, I'm back. And then, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, I don't know how much longer after that, I was sitting there meditating, not even meditating, just sitting there. And then it was time to go back to bed and I just went to bed. And the next day it was, I don't even remember what happened the next day. But and, and this thing was a memory that I never doubted. Never, never, ever doubted. There were doubts in my mind at some point as to whether I was going crazy because the contrast of, of uh, being Carlos one day and then the next day you are this, you are literally the Holy Son of God and there is no doubt in your mind that this is what you are and then you're back in the world and the world keeps being the world and you are not the same one anymore and you don't see anybody the same anymore and you don't speak the same language anymore. So I, at one point I started to doubt myself because I thought I was going crazy. Um, but I had a, a wonderful, wonderful confirmation. And that's, that's one of the things that um, would happen for me afterwards, uh, Christine, just three weeks. Now I know that, that the three weeks, the near-death experience, and literally, the, the time before that, it was designed for my mind to learn how to forgive, to learn A Course in Miracles. The type and amount of uh, mystical experiences I, I had after, after the, uh, the main event, it was nonstop. Again, from the moment I got to to rest at night, and I would wake up with with you know with dreams of of uh, jokes and, and and laughter and happiness. Um, if I needed, uh, I I had this um, uh, this work that I was doing. Um, at the time, I, I had an office in uh, in downtown Toronto, 
and I had, I had one or two days only that I could see clients. I think I had four clients left. They were all teachers. Um, and, and this this one time, I remember resting. And again, I'm, I'm resting. I'm not in time. So I'm resting. And suddenly I open my eyes and I see the uh, 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 clock. The, the time it was, I think it was 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock. That's the time I was supposed to be in the office. So it's like, ah, you know, I'm I'm late and I'm trying to not get too worked up because spirit constantly is, is telling me, you know, relax, it's okay, relax, it's okay, relax, it's okay. No words, I, I could, I don't hear words. It's a sense that I have in, in, in myself that everything is all right. I don't need to hear that, although sometimes I do. And so, you know, I leave the house as, as soon as I can, and I have an, an hour or a little longer than an hour trip um, from from the house where I was staying to downtown Toronto. And I continuously pray for my client to be late <laughs> for a miracle because I, I, I was I was an hour late and I could see on every uh, subway station the time, you know, checking, praying. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the next one I see will show me a different time, you know. And the reason, and this is something really, really beautiful, because I didn't care about me being late. I didn't want to create any distress in anybody, you know. Uh, people just wondering, oh, maybe he'll show up. That's a little bit of distress in the mind. And I couldn't stand the thought of me being the, the late and causing distress to somebody. That's why I was praying so far, so so hard. It was for the other person. It was not for me to be in time. Um, and so I get off the the the, um, the subway station on Bloor in Toronto, and I had two blocks to walk towards the Jewish Community Center where the um, on Blue Spadina, where where the office was, and I walked there. I walk up to the um, um, what do you call it? Um, oh my! To the receptionist. There we go. <laughs> and um, and and I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm one hour late, and one of my client already been here and she goes oh well Carlos is only you know I don't remember exactly what time but I remember she saying well Carlos don't worry you're you're on time actually you're an hour earlier so there was a, a there is a two hour period time period that I cannot account for from the moment I, I left the subway station to the moment I got to it's just two blocks you know, I walk backwards in time. I, <laughs> I don't understand that because I was supposed to be late an hour. But no, I was early an hour. I thought, you know, maybe it was uh, because summertime, maybe it was a change in, 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 in time. Uh, but it's only an hour that changes time, not two. So that could not explain it. Um, so this time warp thing, um, again, 
I would just think of something. I had this uh, little gig I got later on working um, as a cleaner uh, or bar pack um, at a bar in, in Toronto. And they asked me to wear a, a shirt that was black. I didn't have one, so I wore, wore one that was a, a deep blue. And the owner saw it and called me out uh, aside and said, no, uh, you can keep that shirt today, but tomorrow if you're going to work, you're going to need a black one. And, you know, he was very forceful. And I go, okay, now I need a black shirt, you know. And so I, I finished work. I'm walking down um, on Spadina Street. Sorry, no, on, on, on Blue Street. And I see a, I see a T-shirt. Uh, it was like three thirty in the morning, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. And I see a T-shirt by the by the by the curb. I pick it up, and it's it's, it's brand new, it's clean, it's still folded. You know, they had the creases and everything. So I go like, "Thank you, this is my shirt, and it's black." Now I I put on the shirt, and it's black, but it does have a a a, a white logo on it. it says four one six. Area 416, and I go, okay, well, this is what it was given. This is what I'm wearing tonight. And so I do that. I go to work. The owner sees me. He calls me again. And he goes, uh, I like your shirt. And I go, oh, thank you. And he goes, where did you get it? And I go, it was given to me. I go, oh, okay. Because that's, he goes, that's the shirt for our other part. So, now your friend, when you're, I was replacing a friend, and he said, now when, when Claudio comes back, if you want to take a job on the other path, I have a job for you. So everything was happening like that. Absolutely everything was happening like that. One thing led to the other, and everything was given. And at one point, again, it's the feminine action. At one point, and this was key, because this is what the Corsi Marcos entered my life, because uh, I'm, I'm resting at a, uh, in a bed at a friend's house, and he had uh, uh, on the wall one of these uh, uh, paintings of uh, uh, Jesus with the three lights coming off his, uh, his wound on the, uh, on, the, on the right side. And... Um, and, and as I'm resting, I, I can feel the uh, the humming again. I can start I can start hearing the 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 humming, and and there's this light coming out. The picture, of course, Jesus, and uh, and that was the occasion when he uh, uh, when he asked me three questions, and there was a process. It's, it's so interesting because I learned that in the Jewish tradition, when they ask a question, they ask you the question three times. Three times. And so this was the same question three times, you know. Um, the first thing I felt, it was on my left foot, at the, uh, on the sole of my left foot, a piercing pain, like a... Uh, um, Yeah, that's that's the way I, I literally is like um, having a, a a hot nail through the uh, um, going through the feet, and it was really painful. And I was thinking, well, you know, if if you, if you took the nails, you know, I can take this one. Um, 
so I enter into a state of acceptance. And as I as I think this, a rush of energy starts to um, run through the left side of my body, run down my leg. That's where I could feel it the most. And like flashing out stuff. And as I feel this, I, I hear the question. And the first question is, um, would you look for God and only God? And I have an image that accompany this word. And the image is to turn away from from the, the skyline that I see representing the world and looking at the stars representing God. And so that's a turn away from the thinking of the world and look for God's word only. Um, so I said yes to that question. And right away the, the pain stopped. Uh, or the rush stopped. And then I was given a second question. And then a third one. So the third, the second question was the third question was uh, if I um, would look for God and only God. The second question was, would you bring everybody to heaven uh, to heaven with you? And with that, I saw an image of me regarding everybody as innocent, seeing the innocence of of a child in absolutely every person, every person without a past. And I said yes to that. The pain uh, came back again after that. Uh, and the rush of energy, acceptance and the rush of energy with the question. And the third question was, would you accept your only identity as the Christ? Uh, to me, to my mind, Christ is first light. So it's the first, the first creation. It's not a, it's not a person. It has nothing to do with a cross. It's, it's about creation. So, will I accept myself as Christ? Is accept myself as 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 child of God, as the first as the first light. And to that, I said yes again. And when I said that, I could see the number three sixty five. I had my eyes closed, but I could still see the number three sixty five. And and so I assumed that I didn't learn how I didn't learn how to ask follow up questions then now I do but I, so I assumed that I had a year to to do these things these three things um because at the same time I started to um download again all the um all the the script for my uh um for for my life so all the um um egoic thoughts um it started to to come back again all the fears doubts uh cravings all of that started to come out again um and at first i um i tried not to get in into that but then i realized that this is what i had chosen so I started to live out the ego as an ego, you know. <laughs> but and, and the funny thing is that I could observe myself still today. I can observe myself acting as an ego, and but knowing that I this is just the way uh, um, the way the script is been uh, is been planned. So I let it happen, um, and of course, uh, as all these things are being downloaded again. Um, 
all the, these impurities, so to speak, impure thought. So there was not, no way that I could be so forgiving with myself and, and with the world in one year. Uh, so I thought that I had, I had literally failed and felt like brutally <laughs> uh, in, 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 in sticking up, in, in, in sticking up to, to, to these promises. Um, so I was, I started to feel really, really, really bad about myself. Um, literally, I thought, you know, I, I, I was given this huge opportunity. It's, the, it's what I, what I wanted my whole life. And now that I have it, I keep falling back on, on, you know, with these thoughts and these cravings and anger and, you know, um, uh, cravings for alcohol started to come up again and, uh, and all that. So I, I was feeling really, really down because I thought that I had literally fell. And that was, that was it uh, for me. But then on my birthday, so tomorrow is going to be 23 years, my mom had come from Argentina to visit me in, in Toronto. And for my birthday, she presented me with this, um, uh, with a uh, golden chain with a, with a cross. And the cross, instead of a, um, instead of a body, you know, um, nailed to it, it had, a, it had a, a star. It had this beautiful star right in the center. So beautiful, beautiful gift from my mom. I got to the next gift from my girlfriend at the time. And she apologizes. She knows I, I love books. And she apologizes because she said, you know, I don't know this book at all. But it came out of a, of a shelf at three different, you know, bookstores. So I had to get it for you. If you don't like it, we exchange it. But I hope you do. And so I opened the, I opened the gift and I look at the book. And the first thing I see is the same star uh, that was on my, on my mom's uh, um, present on, on that cross. The same star was on, on, the, on the cover of this book. And it's called A Course in Miracle. I see it has a text, uh, you know, manual for, for, for students, a workbook. I open the book and I see it has 365 lessons. And that's, that's when it landed, right? Okay, so this is what Jesus meant. <laughs> now I have to, in order to do what I came here to do, this is how I do it. This is how he teaches forgiveness. This is my, this is my way out of hell. And so that immediately I knew I knew what to do. Uh, again, everything is being planned so perfectly. So... Uh, I, I knew that there was a group just a block away from where my office was in Toronto. There was a, a group that offered uh, Wednesday night uh, healing circles based on A Course in Miracles. So, and I remember seeing uh, an ad of theirs on a, on a magazine, a Vitality magazine. So I went and picked one up, uh, a magazine, I opened it, I, I opened it exactly on their uh, um, um, on the page where their little um, advertisement was. 
so there it was. I had the number. I called them right away. Next, like, I think, like three, four days later, I was there on a Wednesday night. I studied. They used to offer also um, uh, workshops, um, uh, classes on uh, transpersonal psychology. They had a three-year course I took with them. It was all aligned with A Course in Miracles. It's all about how learning how to forgive. It's that to, to me, to my life, that's that's all there is. Um, there is another thing of the, and this was a little unsettling. Um, I, I, I have several streams. Um, and by that, I mean, I have many, many lifetimes as a Christian mystic. I had many, many lifetimes as a as a Buddhist monk. <laughs> I had many, many lifetimes living as a, as a Native American, and all of that is coming together now. Because all the prophecies are coming together now, and all the the, the prophecies of the second coming is is are are being fulfilled right now, and the second coming is not the coming of a guy on a cloud. It's not gonna happen like that. It's gonna happen within our heart. And everything, absolutely everything I know now is the sign. So within the next 20, 23 years, 20, 23, 20, I was going to say, but let's take 23. Next 23 years, ourselves and the world we live in, or we think we live in, is going to be very, very different. And, and that's one of the visions that I, that I was given. Um, and this is a little bit of a point of contention with some people in the Course in Miracles community, but this is what I was shown. Um, I was shown with regards to the future, I was shown two things. Um, one is that the work, the healing work we do now, the work of, of forgiveness that we do now, is planting the seeds and is planting the seeds for the arrival of Buddha Maitreya. Buddha, <laughs> Buddha Maitreya is like, I, what I saw was eons, like let's say 2,000, 3,000 years from now. That's when uh, spiritual teachings would be almost forgotten. And out of this, what I could see is, is a place that was totally dry, desolate, and dark, very dark. There was almost no spiritual thoughts. Uh, but that's the time when Maitreya, the next Buddha, will arrive. And if it wasn't because of the seeds of light that we are planting now, there would be no possibility at all for Maitreya to arise in two, three thousand years. So the work we are doing now, it doesn't only benefit us. What I've seen is that we are planting the seeds for Maitreya to arrive. So the next avatar to arrive. That's one that's one of the visions I had. And the other vision, it was more proximate. And it had to do with the days we are living in today. Um what I could see is um light coming from the core of the earth and just pushing things out. Um, what happens is a different density needs to re 
the, the physicality needs to rearrange itself in order to accommodate a different density, right? A lighter density cannot have the structures that we have today, neither the mental structures nor the physical structure, right? So all that is gonna move around, is gonna change. I saw buildings crumbling, I saw volcanoes, I saw the plates, uh, the tectonic plates moving, people running around in the streets. Um, and this is this the, the real teaching, at least for me, because I could see two kinds of people. It's like this the same earth slowly started to become two. And I think that's part of the um uh what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Um of the of the great deal of polarization that we are that we are undergoing now. There is a point where, where the dark and the light will not be there there's not gonna be room for any gray within us. It's either gonna be black or white. Who are you? And based on that decision, what I saw it was two types of people. One that would stay on 3D learning the lessons we are the way we are learning them now. And then another group, and this is the part done it was another group of people that were going with with a with a with a lighter earth. It was clearer, it was brighter, it was lighter, and it was happy. So one is one is fear, one is love. There is two thought systems and we need to choose now which one it represents us, which one we wanna live in. Now with this movement into 5D, um, based on my experience, uh, number one, the the uh, the jumps will be the, the spiritual jumps will be incremental, because as the sun continues to awaken uh, in this world of of symbols. The, the plasma emitted will is is literally spiritual energy <laughs> that's exactly what it represents and so the the sun is already waking up the earth is already waking up they're waking up together and we are waking up together with those two um and so our work our our attention uh, the emphasis is on on choosing on choosing love and making room for silence so spirit can guide us through the through this process. Um, one last thing when I was right after the near death experience, that space of holiness I was living in, that's what uh, in a course in miracles Jesus called the real world. So we live in the ego world of bodies and death and decay and uh, lack and change, constant change. And then um, there is, once we have forgiven all our um, our judgments on, on ourselves and others, 
then we move into this state, which is our natural state. That's called the real world. In the real world, because we carry a higher density, a higher vibration, things, a vibration of love, things that are of love are attracted to us. So I would attract birds, I would attract raccoons, I would attract little dogs, I would, uh, I would remember people would literally, I swear to you, Christine, people would get out of the way at, on, on the streets and bump into me. And I could at first get, you know, like, why is people doing this? You know, they're getting out of the way to come and, you know, get in my way. And I could, and right away, the the, uh, the thought was, they were, they want to be close to your light. That was the, what Spirit was telling me. So, I, you know, I could feel a little irritation, but right away, right away, I had the real, the real answer. And so everything around you, when you're in that state, the world around you changes because the world we live in is a reflection of our inner state. So if one person can change the world around him or around her, imagine when three or four billion people can do. That's a very different state of being. And one that builds upon, upon each other is um, so the, the sum of the uh, um, of the units are, are way greater than than the the number. Uh, so I think that's that's how things are are gonna pan out um, in the sense of uh, how how is it possible for two words to you know, to show up. I think that that's the um, the mystical process is each each time we um, we accept more and more light um, instead of these ugly funny thoughts we have. Uh, we elevate ourselves, we elevate everybody, and we elevate the, our environment because we are not just our body in this dream. We are our environment as well. I am the body and the room around me and everywhere I go around me. So if I can change that for myself, how much more can three or four billion people do? And again, this, this, uh, everything is designed for us to turn to God. Absolutely everything is designed for us to turn to God. The only reason things get really rough and really difficult is because we don't. Thank you so much, Carlos. I, I have some questions for you. I have yeah. so many, but I'll try to keep it to a few. Um, so intriguing and interesting. So you talk about before your near-death experience, everything was crumbling. Uh, everything yeah. was in disarray, deconstruction. Do you think that that is what's happening in the world today, right now? Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. Such, such an important question. I that's exact. I think that's the reason why once we allowed a world to crumble mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a new one to arise out of that one, for those of us who, with near-death experiences, those of us who are able to do that or uh, through spontaneous awakenings or however it is that we can do that, that's exactly the way, that's exactly how it works. 
Yeah. And it's almost as if your vision of what's to come was, was a metaphor for exactly what you experienced in your own personal journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now, now it's easier. And and I see examples now in my life because there are uh, institutions are, and there are places where I go and they are just, they're not at all functioning the way they were. And I suffer and I go and, and I get angry and then I remember everything is, everything is dissolving, everything is, is crumbling like that. So I can be more compassionate. Um, yeah. And I had another question about um, our other lifetimes. So you had mentioned when I heal, you heal, and you know we heal each other in our own personal healing journeys. I had a question. If you have any awareness or opinion on when we do healing work in this lifetime, does that automatically affect all our other lifetimes? Hmm. You know, from from my point of view, Christine, uh, no, it doesn't. What okay. happens? What happens is that we have an interpretation of what our, our life is like, right? But once we reach a point, the point of enlightenment, or the, or or yeah, once we reach that that point of enlightenment, when we realize that absolutely everything that happens in our life and happened in our life was meant to lead us to this point of liberation, mm. Mm. then your entire life changes. Mm-hmm. Because the, the life is not a, about a guy who came here to be born, you know, struggle and have some fun and then die. But it's rather the sojourns of of uh of spirit that have finally reached a climate so i don't so how i see my life changes mm-hmm. it's not the life of carlos anymore it's the life of an eternal spirit mm-hmm. in that sense everything now makes sense so i don't really need to change anything from the past even if it was thousands of years ago Mm-hmm. Because those thoughts are the ones that have led me to this place. Right. Kind of like everything led you to this moment and it had to happen the way it did in order for you to get there. Exactly. So what I learned to appreciate is the perfection of things. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever, ever, ever went sideways. Um, we were touching on something that I thought, oh, we could talk about this. Um, but it just kept my mind, so never mind. That's okay. It'll come back. Um, the one thing I wanted to talk about, some of the viewers may not be familiar with the timeline of ascension. So can you explain in your own words what exactly that is and how it will play out? Um, well, the timeline of ascension started uh, a couple of decades ago. We are now entering like fully into it. Um, it is so important not to pay attention, not, not to believe our, our, our eyes, uh, because our eyes uh, look for at form. And so if we 
pay attention to that, then we're going to see a lot of people, you know, that for one reason or the, or the other, they seem to be leaving the planet quicker now and faster and a lot of uh, excess debts and, and all that stuff. That's all part of the plan. Mm-hmm. That's that's all part of the plan. We are already living either so we can return to the to the dream or because we are done with the dream. Mm-hmm. Again, if I see somebody suffering and uh, you know died a terrible death, oh I don't know anything about that soul or the sojourn of that soul or the plan for that soul. So the the uh, the sure thought that I can hold in my mind is that that person is innocent and is. this is simply a dream. Um, that uh, the, the form doesn't change at all who that person is or the light in, in, that, um, in that person. So we can start with the help of spirit, we can start seeing beyond the body um, so now we will respect the timeline. Huh. We have maybe 20, 30 years um, before things really, really flip mm-hmm. in a way. Um, now, uh, why I'm saying this? I'm saying this because geologically we are due um, for a next uh, shakeup, so to speak. Um, there are different uh, earth cycles. Uh, you have 16,000 years, 4,000 years, 24,000 years. Not all of them happen at the same time, this mm-hmm. cycle. This time around, they do coincide. All the cycles coincide on to this point. Um, so that's that's for the for the earth the sun is also waking up it's also changing this density same as the rest of the planet uh because this is a cosmic awakening that that's happening we are not in control all we can do is just lean to our silence and and let us the the the, the energies guide us from there um so the sun um Astronomers don't, don't, we are due for a mini nova. So astronomers think that within the next 20, 30 years, we're going to be, uh, going to give one of these, uh, blasts. Now they don't know how, um, uh, how intense it's going to be or none of those things. Uh, the way I, I feel it, and and this simply because this just to me is common sense. The way I've seen spirit work is what I call by approximation. So it brings you in slowly, you know. It doesn't it doesn't just pick you up from where you are and put you in a completely different space because you are not prepared for that. I'm not prepared for that. So it brings you in slowly out of out of the darkness and into the light. Slowly, slowly. So these changes in uh, will also be incremental in uh, the changes in the level of awareness that we have. All that is going to be incremental. 
Um, but and that's happening. I, I see everything. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's been it's been happening already. Right. Um, and again, I, I I think within 20, 30 years we're gonna see things really uh, really changing in in many 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 aspects because everything. Every structure in government, uh, medicine, uh, everything is mm-hmm. is being replaced. So, so how can we best prepare for that and really step into the truth of who we are and live in alignment with what you called uh, just living uh, through guidance or allowance mm-hmm. or invitation? What would you say to viewers on how we can really step into that? The the best way is the only way um which is to um step back from the world from the ideas that we have about ourselves about the world we need a break we want a break so uh soften us as much as possible during the day uh just take three five minutes to unplug totally unplug let the world go go inside your heart give yourself a break and and it's in that silence that you're telling spirit, come in silence, come show me. I'm yours. That's what I'm doing. When I when I let go of what I think, of what I want, then of of when I let go of all these things of of this world, of the material world, then we have room for for spirit to come in and fill in that void there's never a void um so it's super important again the way i i it's super important to rest to find peace within our heart and to as much as possible talk to spirit um In, in the sense of um, literally it's, it's like being a child again. Mm. I may have very good plans, very good ideas, but maybe there are better plans and better ideas. So communicating with spirit and, and first making room in, in our heart for silence. So when we ask spirit, it can the communication can come through easier and faster. It's like we created a maze for ourselves and we are right in the middle of the maze. All we see is walls around us. Our oversoul created the plan. It's looking from above. So it can tell you exactly where to turn, whether to wait or not. Um literally I have come at a point right now where i noticed that my body is doing things and it reacts and moves and it goes to places without me thinking mm-hmm. it's like i'm sitting here with you and then suddenly it's like okay i'll be right back and i just take off mm-hmm. it's not like it's, it's I'm, I'm weird and crazy and leave people you know with a word on the mouth but what i'm saying is that things happen automatically we can go a little farther saying that everything is automatic, but that's a little too far. We're not going to go there. Um, 
I think I understand what you're saying yeah. because you've, you've gotten out of your own way. You've, you've had all these wonderful experiences that have really shown you um, or caused you to remember, should I say, who you are. You create that stillness and then you allow yourself to be guided by that higher presence. So there's, there's no efforting, willing, trying, mm-hmm. you know, which I think in the world today, there's a lot of doing, 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 right? Just yeah, giving yourself uh, a chance to be and to allow yourself to be moved in the way that's in your highest alignment. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, so everything becomes really effortless, really effortless. It's, it's, it is just so beautiful, uh, Christine, after going through so much healing and, and, and doing apparently and, and so on. Now to come at a, at a spot in my life where you know i have i don't live in 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 luxury and and abandon but i have everything absolutely everything i need and sometimes ah it's 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 as simple as thinking you know i i love my plants and i have a grow lamps and I'm thinking, oh, this, you know, this lamp is going to go off soon, you know, because I had it for about two years. And then 15 minutes later, I find another one brand new that I can replace it. Like things happening like that, small little things that speak, you know, and, and tell you, you're always at the right place at the right time. Never in doubt, always at the right place at the right time. Carlos, I thank you kindly for sharing your time today, your experiences, your wisdom, your insight, and hopefully calling us into a greater level of remembrance. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we say goodbye? No, Christine, I, I think, uh, well, there, there might be a lot more, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the time we had together. Um, Me too. It's, it's Very grateful. Real, mm-hmm, yeah, it's a real treat. To be uh to be chatting with you to be in your presence so i'm i'm glad i'm glad we did this thank you thank you so much carlos keep in touch have a great day sure will bye christine bye-bye if you have an experience you'd like to share with us please email me at the north star broadcast at gmail.com If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, please visit my website at christinebhypnotherapy.com. Thank you so much for listening.